0: To our podcast, my name is Amelia. My name is Sherek, and this is Amelia and Sherek. What are you doing? The
1: podcast that is your recommended daily dose of sitting in your house or your car or on the bus or at uh, in your backyard while you're feeling weird and you listen to two weirdos being weird.
0: <laughs> Amelia and Sherek, what are you doing? Two weirdos being weird. <laughs>
1: Your recommended daily dose of two weirdos being weird.
0: Oh, right. Sorry. Either one feels spot on. So
1: (laughs) I just wanted to make sure that it was like, we're not doctors. We can't give you medical advice, but I just wanted to make sure people knew that it is your recommended daily dose of two weirdos being weird.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, yeah. So, So, fam, (laughs) what are we doing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Amelia, how was your week?
0: It was good. Um, yeah, work took us all to a, to a Twins game.
1: And I'm mad that you went to it because the Twins won. And I was like, dang, you couldn't have gone to the one before it where there was a huge rainstorm. There was a five-hour rain delay and the Brewers won the game. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I'm just kidding. I don't to want to
0: I've been to two games so far this year, which is usually my limit. Um, And they both ended with a home run to win the game. So, apparently, I'm good luck.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, feel free to go to as many other Twins games as you want to, as long as they're not playing my team. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks.
0: Uh, Anyway, so... But it was fun to go to that and have them be playing the Brewers because, A if I had to pick a second favorite team, I'll stop it. (laughs) (laughs) But also just because like, it's the closest team. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of, a lot of fans there for the Brewers. And so Mm -hmm. it just felt more like there's just more energy in the stadium.
1: Sure. Yeah. I find that that is unfortunately true because with Cubs fans, because Cubs fans travel to Milwaukee for Brewers uh, games a lot. And I, hate it but it is what it is there's not much that I can do about that you know? yeah so um yeah. but but yeah I'm glad that the, that you had a good time I, I I am genuinely glad because I could not remember which of the two games that you were going to so I was like mm, I mean I mm-hmm. hope it's not this first one because yeah fucking five hours uh, with like three rain delays in it like no no
0: thanks. yeah and we like I said we went the office took us so it was a great way to spend the afternoon mm getting paid and not working.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is definitely true. That is definitely so, true.
0: So yeah, that was fun. And otherwise, yeah, just getting used to this job. And
1: I will say this though, again, Minnesota, the fuck are you doing building a new stadium that is open air? Put a roof on your fucking stadium. It makes no sense.
0: I didn't do it.
1: I mean, I know that's why I didn't say <laughs> Amelia. I said, I've said Minnesota. <laughs> Put a roof on target field. What the fuck are you doing? Like you get snow into like May sometimes like yeah. come on.
0: But it was gorgeous being yeah, outside. Sure. <laughs>
1: but the day like I saw a gif of what was happening the day before and like people were like in like the concourse area uh-huh. and still just getting soaked because of the way the rain was falling. Like uh, yeah. it, it it was like they might as well not have been covered at all because rain was just coming through like the openings for the stairwells and just soaking people. Like there has not been a game that has been like, granted, the 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 roof at American Family Fields slash Miller Park, if you want to be pedantic, has has leaked in the past, yeah. but it has never leaked to the point where they were like, we have to not play a game
0: yeah. <laughs> for
1: hours at a time. Right. So like, yeah, I'm just saying like, yeah, people you can love or hate it or, or be mad about the taxes or whatever, but putting a roof on the sports stadium that retracts was genius stroke move anyway that's that's me done ranting about sports for this (laughs) this podcast
0: but yeah otherwise yeah my week's just been just been busy with work and it's going well and yeah enjoying cool. the summer so how about you
1: i got uh pseudo scammed today so that was cool oh yay <laughs> probably, probably not so uh here's here's the interesting story that like uh 12 uh, 12 years ago sherrick would have been like is this what your life is that's fucking awful Uh, but (laughs) i got it i went and bought some uh repellent because we have a couple of rabbits and chipmunks that are just kind of around in our yard which Uh normally i don't necessarily mind but the chipmunks can like they can like cause damage and so can squirrels can cause damage Uh not only to the grass itself or the yard itself but like also potentially to the foundation chipmunks can nest in your car like they will try and build nests in your car and they love chewing wires. So that can obviously become an issue. So I was like, I don't want them dead. I just want them away from my garage, you know? So I, I went on Amazon and I got some like squirrel repellent balls. Like they're like balls of stuff that like apparently repel squirrels. They don't want to come around. And also it says other rodents as well. And so I put a couple of them out and then I went out later and it looks like something was like, this is delicious. I will take this. Oh, no. <laughs> Cause they're fucking
0: gone. Oh no!
1: (laughs) And I saw two bunnies just chilling in my yard, and I was like, "The bunnies, fine, whatever." Like, ultimately, I would like them to not be there. If we get a dog, I don't want them like hurting themselves trying to run from my from our dog. Yeah, like the bunnies, I'm not so worried about. But I'm like, well, I hope that at least the other thing that I bought, which is like a peppermint oil spray it's mm-hmm. like mixed with soap and stuff i was it, i was like man this smells like peppermint like goddamn mm. <laughs> like through the bag it was sealed in Amelia. Yeah. it was just like nope this is peppermint yeah so i'm hoping that that's, that that is keeping them uh more more at bay the chipmunks at least cuz again chipmunks are adorable and stuff i don't want them dead i just don't want them i don't i just don't want to start my car and find that it doesn't because there's a wire chewed through yeah you
0: know,
1: or what have you so Mm-hmm. That's it. That's really all. That's it. I'm not calling it a scam in <laughs> in, in real terms yet, because there are still plenty left that I can put out. And I will probably spray them with peppermint oil to make them possibly less appealing. Mm-hmm. But there's that. Gotcha. Hooray. Yay. So um, this week we're going to talk about some more animals. So I'm excited that we're doing this because we're getting close to my... My either most or least favorite arc (laughs) in the entire series. But we're not there yet. So,
0: yeah. Getting there, though. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited to hear more. But before we get into that, it's time for... People on the Internet may make you afraid or make you want to blow them up with a grenade. Instead, let's make lemons into lemonade. So, this is the part of the podcast where I find something for share that takes a bad situation and makes it better. So, without it takes a further bad ado,
1: thing and makes it better. is <laughs> <laughs> truffles. I think I've seen this. Yeah. I have seen truffles before, but not necessarily maybe maybe not necessarily truffles exactly. But I have seen the, uh, a cat that looks very much like this with mm-hmm. these glasses on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's super cute. So it's it's just a cat and that is that has been uh, taught to do the the high five down low fist bump thing. He's got these adorable little glasses, these teal colored glasses on. It says this is Truffles. He was adopted by a pediatric optometrist. He puts these uh, he wears these little glasses to put kids at ease during their appointments. Very
0: yeah. cute. Yeah. So I love that. Like, hopefully makes a, maybe an anxious situation for a kid a little better. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, this doctor adopted a cat that needed adoption. So also two two ways of making bad situations better. So.
1: Indeed. And also they picked Hear Me Tonight" by Mojo, which is a very good song, uh, as their, their situation. So mm-hmm. love that for them.
0: Yeah. So... Yeah, just a just a short little one today, but hope you enjoyed it. I um, definitely
1: did. Yeah. And it reminded me to look and nope. Oh, OK, awesome. That sucks. So the, the the I won't name the company or anything because I don't want to give them any negative, potentially negative publicity. But the place that we were looking at to possibly adopt a dog from is going through a situation where we can't adopt from them. So or oh. no one no one can really. I won't get I won't get any deeper in, into that, but I just like just happened to be like, you know, trolling their website because I was like, you know, it's not it was like at the time that I like discovered it. It wasn't like we were ready then, but I was like, well, we should, you know, start considering mm-hmm. putting in an application and like having a mm-hmm. chat with them because it'll probably be a couple of months still. But still, you know, want to know. And if there's a dog that's out there now, I'd rather do that than not be ready. And, th- and then I saw like I was like I clicked on it and I was like, oh, th- all of their dogs on the website oh oh there's a notice okay so apparently they don't have a license to sell docs anymore okay oh, <laughs> no. so um there's that I, like i said i won't name the company i don't want them to get in trouble or, or get any worse they're probably already going through some some hard times we were really, really excited to uh, adopt from them because we heard very good things from several people like that we were acquaintanced or are friends with so
0: Oh. Hmm. Well, hopefully they, you know, get things figured out and
1: I'm I mean, because it's it's a because it's like a government issue, I feel like it probably won't happen anytime soon. Which yeah. sucks because the you know, the animals that they're taking care of need they can't just be like, Oh no problem, I'll wait to for food and shelter until the government's ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Whatever, but so it is what it is, but it's just unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. Well, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into some Animorphs.
1: Into the Animorphs. We're on number 18, which uh, came out in 1998. The Illuminati is, is confirmed because it's book number 18. And then the, the first number of the year is one. And the last number of the year is eight. do, 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 do,
0: do, do, do.
1: Illuminati. This one is narrated by Axe. It's called The Decision. I don't remember too much about this one, but I remember that the hook, which is the description, not the Blues Traveler song, which is very good, (laughs) was like, hey, guess what? The animals are, they morphed into mosquitoes and now they're stuck in zero space and they can't breathe. And and then uh, they get picked up by an Andalite ship. But now Axe is unsure if he wants to go back to Earth. And I was like, oh, fuck, we're losing our first cast member. I mean, I didn't say, oh, fuck. I probably said like, oh, jinkies or oh, dip or some bullshit. Anyway, so the the plot summary that I've found on this is it, it has a big old disclaimer on the top of it. that says this section needs a rewrite. And I was like, I'm going to go with it anyway, even though I know what happens because <laughs> it's funny to me. So. It literally starts by saying Axe is at the mall in his human morph, which is not exactly how the book starts. (laughs) (laughs) But it does it does allow me to bring up a thing that I that I thought uh, was a nice, funny quirk about uh, Axe in his human morph. And I think I mentioned Uh this to you a while ago and that like because he does not have taste buds, really, it's just like I just get sustenance from the ground, like the grass. I eat the grass and the grass sustains my ability to live my life Mm -hmm. that he just like goes fucking ham over anything like there's previous books where he would just like flip out and just start eating like cigarette butts and like (laughs) just licking up like entire salt packets like this doesn't matter it's just flavors and then he again because he does not have a mouth that has to use like that has to like form words you mm-hmm. know as opposed to just being like this is the word that i want to say it's directly beamed into your brain mm-hmm. he has a penchant for just like using his mouth in weird ways so he's like cinnamon buns buns like he's like trying to like <laughs> you know like how you like imagine teaching a, like a, a young kid like a brand new word they have to like feel it mm-hmm. probably feels a little bit weird in their mouth to say it and like mm-hmm. do that kind of thing so anyway he's he is having his favorite like Actually, edible thing, which is cinnamon buns, specifically from Cinnabon. I do believe they name drop Cinnabon in here, Mm. and he's like asking for a job. for the fucking Cinnabon people and the manager's like nah and you're poor and also underage I think because he's just like in like just like some clothes that are just like stained with like food and shit because he doesn't know any better Mm -hmm. he's like can I clear the table and then oh the manager's like hey can you clear the table and Axe is like oh sure I can do that and so he starts eating literally everything on the table (laughs) and Marco just happens to notice that Axe is is doing this and is like, uh, all right, let's, um, let's get you the fuck out of here (laughs) because a crowd, (laughs) a crowd is starting to form. So,
0: good,
1: and he's also like, well, we've been looking for you anyway. So they get Axe to, at Cassie's farm and they meet up with the, they meet up with their, with their, their chi friend, Eric. So if you remember, Eric is this like dog like Android that is disguised as a human and can't really fight people because he hates that part of his programming, so they basically turned it off. Okay. And he Eric informs them that the second in command of the U.S. Secret Service, who's named Hewlett Aldershot the Third, was hospitalized after being intentionally hit while crossing the street by Chapman's minivan. Hmm. So okay, Assistant Principal Chapman or whatever. So, yeah, so basically this motherfucker was intentionally hit by Chapman, who we know is one of the high ranking controllers. So no one knows who that where this second in command of the Secret Service is like as far as his family and stuff. They have no idea. And the hospital that he's staying at is full of like human controllers, like the staff at the hospital are all human controllers. Okay. Um, and if you remember, Eric can pretend to be a controller because he can just basically like put the yerk in. His ear and then just like hold it for three days or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: or just hold it and, and just be like, well, guess you're never going back home anyway. And so the Animorphs decide together to go uh, in seagull morph except for Tobias, who is obviously already got a bird morph that um, he d- it would be a bit redundant for him to uh, transform. So they, they go in and, of course, it is a very heavily guarded hospital. And Axe happens to spot Visor 3, who is the, the main antagonist right now, in human morph. And then he observes Visor 3 demorphing and concludes that he's like, oh, so he must feel very safe if he's just going to demorph just like in public. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. He does not think that there's any like threats coming around. Basically he the viscer is yelling at a doctor and is like hey this guy needs to be cured in order to be infested because he's unable to move like he's been he's like basically like incapacitated completely mm-hmm. and so they're basically like we need to he's useless to us totally incapacitated so like let's you know fix him so he's useful right and then he announces his backup plan, which is to acquire this this Secret Service person to get close to the superior of the Secret Service, Jane Carnegie. So the Animorphs are like, OK, we may have just been spotted because Visitor 3 is not being weird. And then they are correct. Because Visser 3 has morphed into a thing called a kafit, which is a six-winged bird from the Andalite homeworld. So they know this all because Axe is telling them. And it... Let me see if they have any photos of it.
0: Six-winged bird. Six-winged
1: wing 6 winged bird.
0: That would be trippy.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. But they're able to evade... They're able to evade it because they have superior agility. Uh, even though this bird is very fast and deadly to small creatures. And they land on a McDonald's arch before Visor 3 can turn to catch him. So basically, they're just like, they pull up and just land on the arch. And he's like, shit, going too fast. And he just like misses the turn. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the the bird's wingspan is too broad to fit through the arches. But Visor 3 manages to hit Axe before before he like misses completely so he's able to like kind of clip axe and then they he decides to morph on the roof where the humans can't see and axe senses fear in the visor's eyes and sees and he sees the rest of the animorphs and seagulls morph trying to come and join axe and then they have a conversation in thought speech and they're like well we don't really want to fight him if we can avoid it and axe like smacks him once but before he can do anything more the visor dives off the roof. So he he like lands in a in a uh, dumpster and he morphs into a human and they peace out. OK, um, it kind of is just like a, one of those like very many uh, stalemates that make up the series. Like it just ends like there isn't really like a, a good like sense of like who wins. You know what I mean? Like it's it, mm-hmm. like the, sometimes the Yerks win, sometimes the Animorph wins. But like more often than not, it's just straight up a stalemate where they neither really get what they want, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens there to, to kind of keep going. They they regroup at Cassie's barn and they're like, well, what do we do? They now know what the visitor's plan is. And they're like, OK, well, obviously, if he's able to either morph Hewlett or infest him, they're going to get whatever knowledge or access to knowledge that, that the Secret Service knows in, up into and including like the president's schedule. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like big trouble. And then Marco is like, well, we could use... The, they they, we could use his morph like ba- basically morphing elder shot to tell the government about the invasion and then it's kind of disgusting like well a normal human telling the government about aliens would not be believed but if like a trusted aide could turn into a rhinoceros then the president and the other government agents would would have to listen sure. which i will say i remember being like why don't you just have like a rhinoceros go up to like a group of people and just do thought speak because then they would all think they're crazy until they could verify
0: that Mm. they all heard the same thing. Yeah, You know
1: what I mean? So if it was like the president, the vice president and like a couple of aides in a room and -hmm. you just happen to morph like, a bug or something and then just was like, hey, yo, so the the whole planet's under attack by aliens and they they basically take over your brain and shit. Like, if enough of people knew about it, they couldn't just nest. Well, they probably could. I'm This is America. Well, because anyway. you'd
0: have to have a reason to tell somebody that you had that happen right. to you. And I feel like people would... Humans would generally be like, that's a weird experience. People are thinking, I'm, gonna, I'm crazy if I tell them this happened. So you'd have to somehow... Like get somebody to say it so that mm-hmm. other people be like, oh my god, I had that same thing happen. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that that's a fair point. And like even possibly knowing who a controller is and be like, hey, so keep an eye on this person for three days. Watch they're gonna try and go do something, right? You know, mm-hmm. like anyway. So they're trying to fuck up this plan, and they know that they'll be they're they're basically gonna have to choose something small and inconspicuous because they know the visitor already knows that they know, kind of a mm-hmm. thing. So they're like, OK, well, how about what if we try and acquire him via his blood? And so their plan is, is that they're going to morph as mosquitoes and then hopefully use like y- use some sort of way to like extract that blood and then maybe acquire it that way. OK. So what happens is one of the most bad shit things that that could possibly happen in this entire series. So the plan, the plan doesn't get messed up because they like, you know, get lost or something like that. The plan doesn't get messed up because they just they you know, they just they get chased by human controllers or anything like that. The plan, Amelia, and I'm not going to make you guess. The plan gets messed up because there is a ship called the Ascalon. Okay. That is traveling through Z space. And if you don't remember what Z space is, it's okay. I had forgotten by this point too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when I was initially reading it, not just mm. now. Yeah. Z space is where all of your body mass goes when you are morphing a creature. If you are morphing something that is smaller than you.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So... If you were morphing from a human being, say, into like an elephant, you're not really putting anything in disease space because your body mass isn't being drawn from, like, you're not, mm-hmm. like, you don't have to like store it someplace. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Matter can't be created or destroyed or whatever. Yes. However, if you're morphing, say, a mosquito, a good chunk of your body mass is going to have to go someplace for you to become a mosquito. Right. So, an Andalite ship called the Ascalon hits their collective body mass as after they have morphed into mosquitoes.
0: Okay. That so seems like a problem.
1: <laughs> that's where the whole bit where they like get transported into space with no oxygen comes into play
0: oh okay because
1: what happens is instead of like burning up their their mass and just like scattering it to the wi- the space winds or whatever mm-hmm. it transports them immediately to z space and then puts them on the Ascalon. it's like don't know what to do here <laughs> just like throws them onto this ship
0: mm-hmm.
1: so what uh the ship was actually headed to the homeworld world of a, of a race called the Lirins, which i don't know how many more times they are are referenced. Okay. I think maybe only a couple. I think they trying to think. Where's their first appearance? Okay, so the Lirans first appeared in book number fifteen. So a couple of, a couple of books ago, we talked about them, and then their last appearance is going to be. Okay, it's it's a while it's a while from now. Okay, so but point is is that the 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 ship is going to the homeworld of the Lirans and. Once they get on the ship, Axe starts ignoring the rest of the Animorphs and starts basically taking his orders from the captain of the ship, whose name is Similian Korath-Gahar. And the Andalites are like, OK, humans, you you stay in this, this room and then we're going to do all of the work. Now, of course, the captain is a traitor because... You know, they can't just get a fucking break. And he reveals himself to be a traitor. He takes out all the other Andalites on the bridge and he amputates the tail blade of the tactical officer. And Axe is held as a hostage, but he's unharmed. Okay. Axe calls out to the rest of the Animorphs, but they reveal to Axe that they're already in the room. They did not trust what was going on. They felt like some shit was wild. So they like basically morphed into something small to, to come in. Cassie and Axe distract the captain long enough for the tactical officer to kill him and basically what you need to know is that the captain was about to turn the entire ship over to the Yerks. But the tactical officer is like, get out of here and I'm going to initiate the self-destruction sequence. We're not going to be taken like that. So the Animorphs end up landing somewhat safely on Lyra and they try to find friendly Andalites. And while they're trying to do that, Tobias, who is with them, just disappears. Just gone and they're like good news uh where did fucking tobias go like we're already dealing with this bullshit like what's happening (laughs) and they're like well i guess we have to move on without him because we don't know where the fuck he went and axe is like oh no i realize what's going on and the animorphs follow him and then rachel disappears
0: oh no
1: just like Tobias did, and uh-huh. they're like, Okay, well I guess we have to just move on while we're just gonna disappear randomly, I guess.
0: Shit, yeah.
1: So they find a group of Lyrians that they can that they wrestle out of Yerk control, and in their thanks, they agree to be acquired by the remaining animorphs so that they they can morph into Lyrians as well to help fight off the Yerk invasion. Okay. So the remaining Animorphs morph into Lyrans and they enter what is called the City of Worms, which sounds like the place that I never want to be in my entire life. Oh, same. And then the Andalites base there inform the Animorphs, the remaining Animorphs, that they've planted a bomb there to explode the continent, just like Axe had figured out. That's what he realized what was going on, is that they he, they couldn't find them because they were going to basically do this thing. Okay. But it needs to be activated. The scientists also theorize the anamorphs unexplained disappearances as a result of a snapback effect, meaning that when the anamorphs disappear, they are reappearing either on Earth or in Z space. So that is basically what happens. It's a rubber band effect. But they don't. (laughs) They don't know if, they, yeah, they don't know if it's going to be back on Earth or if they're just going to be out in Z space with no fucking oxygen. So right the animorphs Next. are like, OK, we'll do it. And right after they agree to do that, Marco just fucking pops. <laughs> <He's gone. laughs> Marco's just fucking gone. OK, so they set out to activate the bomb and they meet a Liren controller who reads their minds because that's what they can do. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were like freaking out about this Liren being around because they can go, oh, you're not human. You're not Andalites, you're human beings. And he reads their minds and is like, hey, fellow Yerks, there's a bomb. Let's go handle that. And mind you, at this point, it's really just Jake and Axe left at this point.
0: Yeah, the, this is stressful. OK, keep yeah. going.
1: So they so they re. as soon as they reach the explosives, Jake's gone. Jake, Jake. So it's just Axe by himself at this Oh, point. no. Yep. Yeah. This this uh this uh, thing that I've got here that that uh, beautifully surmises what happens doesn't really talk about like when Cassie pieces out, but uh-huh. she hit, she is gone. So it's just acts by himself. OK, so he activates the bomb and then a platoon of armed hork appear to try and disarm it and they fire at him. But he disappears right before the beam hits him. Okay. and the, And right after he disappears, the bomb goes off. So guess guess where they end up
0: in Z space?
1: They do not. Actually, oh. they wake up. They arrive back at the hospital at the exact same time where the Secret Service person was was being held. And they arrive as he wakes up healthy enough to be infested and they decide to leave and head back to the mall. OK, there's your story.
0: Wow. that Twists
1: and turns. Yeah. Wow. I forgot that Chapman's first name was Hedrick. What a name. Hedrick. <laughs> Not even like Hendrick no. or Todrick, something cool. No, Hedrick. Hedrick. <laughs> H-E-D-R-I-C-K.
0: Poor, poor Which guy. Is,
1: well, yeah, and poor me also, because I guarantee you someone thought my name was Hedrick at one point in my life. I, that As soon as I said it out loud, I was like, yeah, I definitely remember recorrecting somebody who was like, your name's Hedrick? No, Sherry. <sighs> Uh, way different way different my friend way different but anyway that is the decision so basically it's like does x end up going back to the andalites or does he stick with the Anamorphs? and it's like well he realizes that the andalites aren't as like you know they don't have their shit together as much as he assumed they would um, so so yeah tell me what you think
0: yeah i i don't know the rubber band thing keeps like.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Doing>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I feel like I can never guess what's going to happen next in this series. I'm just, it's just like one thing after another <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. which i think is a great it's a great testament to the writing of K. A. Applegate oh, yeah. and anyone else because it's like even like having read this entire series before like rereading some of these things i'm like i can't wait to tell amelia this shit because i can barely believe this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and i read the fucking book
0: right
1: i i do apologize i should mention that there are some trigger warnings because you know, I didn't mention it, but I am going to say it now. For those of you who go to read this, there there is there is copious amounts of references to suicide because that's what the Andalites do to make sure that they are not captured by the Yurks. They mm. choose instead that they will. I mean, it's it's via like an explosive, self destruct, i.e., or or a bomb, you know. But it's mm-hmm. still like they're willingly staying yeah. in the radius of the blast to to have that happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But one of the funniest parts to me is to kind of go. Uh, away from that darker topic is that more or less as soon as Axe gets on this ship with other Andalites, he's like, so, hey, Jake, you know how every time I call you my prince and you say, don't call me Prince Jake because I'm not your prince. (laughs) Uh Cool. I won't do that anymore because you're not my prince. I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) And then as soon as like everything goes to shit, he's like, so Prince Jake, right? (laughs) (laughs) Jake's like, I'm not your prince. (laughs) So, so yeah. So he, he learns a nice, lovely lesson that humans are also his people, even though he's not a human being. And that cinnamon buns are delicious, as he would like to say.
0: I mean, they are. (laughs) All right. Well.
1: Well, with that being said, here comes the next book.
0: Number 19.
1: Number 19. This one is called The Departure. And this one is also Illuminati confirmed because the first two digits are 19 in June 1998.
0: Book number 19.
1: Anyway. Okay,
0: so like side note. Yeah. (laughs) I was watching 90 Day Fiance the other day. (laughs) (laughs) And this
1: this should be interesting.
0: This woman from Colombia has like a sleeve tattoo. Okay. And at the top of her arm, there's a pyramid with an eye in it, and we were like, yeah. "Is she part of the Illuminati?" <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. So, all right. So
1: this one, I honestly feel like is has got a, a pretty good name to it because. I'm just going to say the tag, the, the, this this tagline that basically comes out from the back of the book. And this is a Cassie based book. It says she says, I quit. I quit this stupid war. I quit the Animorphs.
0: Damn. OK.
1: It is the right. sixth book narrated
0: by Cassie
1: and the seventh by Jake. So you get both of them in this one.
0: Oh, OK.
1: So it All starts right. out with the it's it's a bit in medias rest of, uh, of the animorphs uh, attacking Hork-Bajir bodyguards at a sharing meeting. Mm-hmm. And Jake orders the team to break off. And in the midst of this, Cassie ends up having to tear the throat out of a Hork-Bajir in her morph, which kills him. And uh, uh, knowing what you probably know of Cassie by this point, you know mm-hmm. that that fucks her head up a lot. Because she's not really all about the killing. That's kind of more Rachel's. That's kind of more Rachel's bag.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so that is where.
0: Just that like is, two yeah, teenagers. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. killing somebody just really fucks this one up. And, you know, because it's really the other ones like forte. And it's mm-hmm. just like, great, good. That's excellent news.
1: <laughs> basically. Yeah. So that that is what basically triggers Cassie to say what she says. She's like, I've had enough of fighting. I've had enough of killing. I've had enough of trying to, uh, like, being killed. I quit the Animorphs. I'm done. hmm So she leaves, but, and then, like, as she's in the middle of leaving, she feels like something is, she feels like somebody's watching her. <laughs> but she doesn't pay much attention. Uh, <laughs> she don't care. <laughs> um <laughs> So she demorphs, and then she, she goes home and like basically tries to begin the rest of her life where she pretends that like the human race is not being enslaved by these awful slug people.
0: Okay, so this happens early. this
1: is this is episode 19, or book 19, rather, yeah.
0: No, I mean, it happens early early in, in the, the book. book. Yes. Correct. yeah. because like, I just, I don't know, for some reason, I assumed that like that was how it ended. And then you were like, shit, what's going to happen with Cassie? But got it. Okay, continue. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, nope. So this happens like pretty right away. Mm -hmm. First couple chapters, definitely. Okay. Okay. So she goes home and she tries to pretend like everything is fine and that the, you know, everything that she knows about what's going on on Earth and, and all that stuff doesn't matter. Mm hmm. And she goes home and she immediately has a nightmare about a time. And I don't know if we talked about this book uh, too heavy. I honestly genuinely do not remember. But she remembers when she killed a Triceratops.
0: Oh, that sounds familiar.
1: And it's it is a it is a mega it's a like a um, Megamorphs book called In the Time of Dinosaurs. I don't know if we actually talked about this one. So maybe this will have to come up so that we can link that together because the megamorph book actually happens between Book number 18 or b- book number 18, The Decision and book number 19, The Departure.
0: Oh, OK. Got so it. it
1: actually happens. It actually happens between these two books. OK. And it's like they, they basically end up, you know, trying to check on. I'll, I'll give you a quick summary of what happens mm-hmm. is they go and they check they're they're trying to check out a submarine That they think has like some technology or something that can help them out. And then there's an explosion and the explosion literally blows them back millions of years. Like they wake up and there are dinosaurs around and they have no idea where the fuck they're at. They can still morph and everything. But like Mm -hmm. they're they're basically trapped in the past and have no idea how to get back. So that is that is what Cassie is subconscious is pulling from is when she had Mm -hmm. to murder a triceratops to survive. Mm -hmm. She once again feels like someone's watching her. She dismisses the notion. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> she meets the other Animorphs at her barn and they want to know why Cassie skipped school. And she's like, I skipped school because I didn't feel like going to school and I quit the Animorphs still. And then Jake is like, Hey, listen, you can quit the Animorphs and everyone else is mad. Sure. But like, you just have to promise to never morph again because then we have to come after you. Mm-hmm. And like, this is a hard conversation for the two of them to have because they're, they're definitely in love with each other and definitely don't want to admit it to each other. Yeah. So, so Cassie like sort of promises that she's never going to morph again. So she continues to, like, live her life. She's out being a horse girl. And then she happens to notice while she's out riding her horse that there's a girl with red hair being chased by a bear. And she's like, oh, shit, I got to help this person. So she pursues, but she's knocked off of her horse and she falls in the river and gets conked out. Oh, shit. She wakes up and realizes that she's been saved by this girl that she was trying to save. Mm. And this girl goes, hi, my name's Karen. (laughs) And she goes, hi, my name is Karen. And who the fuck are you? Like, who are you really? Ooh. And Cassie's like, uh, Cassie, you saved me after I tried to save you. Uh-huh. And the girl's like, no, but who are you really? And She's like, uh, I already told you. And then Cassie kind of starts putting two and two together and realizes that Karen is a controller. Mm whose yerk is called Aftran 942. Okay. So Aftran 942 wants revenge because they know that the Hork-Bajir that Cassie killed was their pool brother, who also died Mm. as a result of their Hork-Bajir dying.
0: Okay. And
1: Cassie's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Lady Karen. Maybe you should go talk to a manager, I guess, because I'm not, (laughs) I don't know so cassie ends up trying to help trying to help karen as they traverse the woods and then cassie's like by the way there's a leopard that escaped from the zoo that is lurking around here so please be careful i'm telling you this
0: Mm.
1: and then she does then of course because she has introduced chekhov's leopard the leopard's like hey what's up you ordered a leopard i'm here let me eat your faces And she's like, "Okay, well, I'm going to just expose myself as a human morpher in order to prevent this leopard from eating Karen. Mm -hmm. So they end up having like a conversation after this happens. And Cassie is able to save them both from the leopard. And Cassie's side is obviously like... What's the morality of enslaving another creature? Well, Aftran is like, well, we deserve the right to experience life as a human or as an Andalite because otherwise, like in our base form, we can't see anything. We can't exp- like we don't, we don't have touch. We don't have taste, sight, mm-hmm. like nothing. Mm-hmm. So they, they rely on other species to get that. And they think that they all deserve that same level of, of freedom. so mm-hmm. to speak. So mm-hmm. it comes down to like this very like, two enemies trapped together sort of thing because Aftran really can't go back to the Yurks quite yet. And Cassie has decided to quit the Animorphs, Mm -hmm. even though she's broken her promise already. Mm -hmm. And then Aftran's like tells Cassie, like in order to preserve the freedom of one species, she must surrender her own freedom. So Cassie's like, you know what? Fucking take me. And so the Yurk leaves Karen and enters Cassie. Damn. Okay. And then Cassie is trying to like basically, while Aftran is in her head, be like, you gotta stop this. What you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And then Aftran's like, uh, I have morphing powers. You're gonna become you're gonna become a caterpillar. And you're gonna get trapped as a caterpillar. And you're gonna live life as a helpless worm. And Cassie's like, all right, so we're going to do that i guess so what happens is all of the stuff that i just said was a hypothetical okay and cassie agrees to it
0: girl uh.
1: so he's so aftran is basically like all right well i'll free karen and i'll and you live the rest of your life as a as a Caterpillar, I'll live the rest of my life in a York pool blind and I will never take a host again. She's like, if that's the deal, that's the deal. And so the Animorphs soon Ooh. find Aftran. Guess where the fuck Aftran is? Back in Karen's body. <laughs> 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 and Cassie is a Caterpillar.
0: What a bitch. Going back on the deal.
1: And the Animorphs are obviously mad as hell. Yeah. And they're willing to kill Karen and, and Aftran to exact vengeance and keep their identities a secret. Oof. But Jake hears her out and is like, you know what? That's fine. I'm going to let you live. But Cassie is now trapped as a caterpillar.
0: Oh, God.
1: Because she's she stayed over her time in Morph. No. So Cassie the caterpillar spins a chrysalis and it stays dormant for a few days. And they basically are like, well, one of our best friends is a fucking caterpillar now. So that's wild as shit. Uh, What do we do? And then she emerges as a butterfly and the animals are like, well, it sucks that you're not a human being anymore, but at least you get to live the little bit of time out as a caterpillar or as a butterfly rather than a caterpillar. Uh And then Axe is like, wait, how, how does, how does this work? Explain to me, explain like I am five because I am effectively five because I don't understand how this works. (laughs) And, so the animorphs are like, "Oh, well, so caterpillars they they form a chrysalis and then they morph into a butterfly inside that chrysalis and Ooh. then they they come out." And then Ax is like, "Oh, no problem. That resets the morphing clock. She's fine." <laughs>
0: He, goes, uh. he just
1: nonchalantly is like, oh, yeah. So she, if she went under, uh, uh, underwent natural morphing, then her morphing clock would have, re, would have been reset. And so Jake is like, let's fucking catch her. Holy shit. So they catch her and they make her demorph. Mm-hmm. And her cover story that she tells her parents is that she was lost in the woods for three days and she survived on mushrooms.
0: <laughs> and her parents are just like, OK, cool. Great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that just resets your morph clock. No big deal. Exactly. Like,
1: <laughs> we just watched the identity death of another character. Yeah. Just get just totally just like, like this damn near broke me when I read this because I love Cassie as a character. Uh-huh. And I was like, so she just went, yeah, I'll just be a fucking helpless worm the rest of my life and you do it too. And then. They're just like, yeah, no, she so she overstayed her time, so she's a she's a caterpillar forever, and now she's a butterfly, and then Axe is like, oh no, big deal,
0: <laughs> and they're like, no big deal. What the fuck do you mean? Well, and also, what's his fucking face, After or whatever? Uh huh. What a dumbass. Like, well, pick, or did on. he pick caterpillar on purpose? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But
1: what happens is, is that she becomes, Cassie becomes the subject of a news media story because she's been gone. She basically disappeared. And obviously mm-hmm. her parents were like, where's our fucking daughter? Like, right.
0: she's getting a manhunt crime on. podcast. It's essentially. Yeah. <laughs>
1: After a while, it dies down. Now, mm-hmm. Aftran, on the other on the other hand,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who is actually a uh, it sounds like a femme presenting yerk perhaps because they they take on the same you know gender identity of their host perhaps don't know kept their promise and actually left Karen, who in turn tells her father to help fund Cassie's parents clinic. Okay. Cassie meets Karen at the mall uh-huh. and is like, Karen is like, oh you are f- free. And Cassie's like, you're free. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck me. You're free. Yeah. And Karen tells Cassie that Aftran tried to prevent Cassie from being trapped at the end and realized. Like what he or they asked of cassie and tried to like stop it at the end and that she would be happy to know that cassie was free as well so cassie like essentially fucking i don't know if you heard about this story about the the black guy that goes around to kkk members and gets them to give up their robes like he just like sits down like has conversations with them Mm -hmm. like even though like he knows that they hate his guts and like ends up becoming like friends with them and they go you know what this is a bad idea. I'm not going to be a KKK member anymore. Cause this dude is cool as shit. Like, <laughs> which like, if it worked more often than just this fucking lucky ass dude, maybe more of us would do it. But I know that he's an outlier. right? Anyway. Oof. So like, she actually did this to a yerk and like, got them to give it up and realize uh-huh. that like what they were doing is wrong. Now, of course, is this mm-hmm. going to work with everyone? No, but mm-hmm. so that's what happens. And then Cassie realizes that, you know, what she's doing in is a part of this war is, is necessary. And so she rejoins the Animorphs. So she doesn't stay, she does not stay gone for longer than this book. So there you go.
0: Wow. What a journey.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other highlighted events. Okay. So during the conversation between Karen and Cassie or Aftran and Cassie rather, there it's revealed that there is a subset of the Yerks that believe that the Andelite bandits are not actually andalites, oh. but it doesn't catch on enough because the as far as the Yerks are concerned, the only people that have the technology are andalites. So they're like this doesn't like there's a lot there's there's a subset of people that are like, you know, there are a subset of Yerks that are like, you know, this just doesn't add up like this doesn't mm-hmm. quite make sense, mm-hmm. but they don't have proof. So it's kind of just like a conspiracy theory kind of mm-hmm. level thing. Mm-hmm. It's also revealed that not all Yerks wish to take hosts and conquer conquer planets and that a small portion of them, Aftran included, just want to be able to explore the galaxy because, again, in their natural state, they're blind and they can, can just mm-hmm. swim. They can't. Do anything, mm-hmm. and they also discuss. They also talk about how certain Yurks like Aftran don't want to do the killing and the fighting. They just want to exist, and so like there is this idea that that becomes prevalent in this book that like there are some Yurks that would just want to be like passengers, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to like be in your brain so that they could just be like, oh, this is kind of cool. I yeah. can see shit right man that jelly donut you ate yesterday was delicious i mean i'm not gonna like make you go get another one but can we do that
0: again and they soon just, like they, they just want to use humans like vr glasses yeah.
1: <laughs> well some of them other ones very much are. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. no i want to straight up be in control all the time
0: oh yeah yeah for sure but
1: mm-hmm.
0: i love that that makes sense to me because like that would be so interesting because like that's you can only do so much to understand somebody else's perspective or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I like, even as a human, I understand a little bit that, that urge.
1: Right. Right. But, and, and hmm. so it's very interesting that this book kind of is, is geared toward Cassie and does this Mm -hmm. because I honestly believe like if they would have tried to do this with any other character, it would be interesting, but it wouldn't hit as true. Because Cassie is easily the most empathetic one yeah. of the entire Animorphs group. She's the one mm-hmm. that takes the like and I think that has that that has a little bit to do with why she's so graceful mm-hmm. in her Morse is that she like mm-hmm. is has the empathy towards the animal that she is trying to like
0: mm-hmm.
1: replicate, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, another detail that they mention in this book is is exactly how Yerks are born.
0: Oh, OK.
1: And that is that three Yerks will fuse together to become one. And then they break down into smaller pieces known as grubs.
0: Interesting.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: During Cassie's becoming of a Nothlet, which is the, you know, the the creature trapped in in a morph, she openly admits to herself that she feels like she cheated the deal because the caterpillar became a butterfly.
0: Mm. Which the deal
1: was, is that Aftran would be done... And stay as a blind, useless worm, and so would mm-hmm. Cassie. But again, there you have that.
0: Gotcha.
1: And Karen does confirm that Aftran kept her side of the deal. So it's not like a situation where Aftran is like secretly still controlling Karen, but pretending mm-hmm. not to. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what she says, like, hey, Aftran wanted Cassie to demorph before the time limit was up because she had proven herself enough. So, like, basically, Aftran felt like. Cassie was being too cold and callous about her freedom, mm. but then realized like she was actually willing to give it up to prove the point mm-hmm. and realized like why that didn't quite work out, you know, so gotcha for them. Wow. And then this is the first book in which it, it, this is the first numbered book in which more than one Animorph narrates because Jake narrates the part of the story when Cassie is trapped in Caterpillar Morph.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yep. And this is the first instance where Tobias doesn't use a specified morph since regaining his morphing power. This is also the first instance of an anamorph not using a morph. Hmm. The, second time with, the second time in the series which an anamorph is infested with a yerk and becomes a controller. Obviously, the first time was with Jake. And this is the second time when an anamorph becomes trapped. And this is the third book in which only the narrator acquires a new morph and no one else. Okay. the Seropedia, which is uh, where the Animorphs fandom website where they keep all of this kind of stuff also has the original sketch of the cover. And I actually like it a bit more than the original cover. So the original cover has that like it has the same thing that is on almost every Animorph book thing where Mm -hmm. the character is posing and becomes a Mm -hmm. an animal. And so it's Cassie doing kind of like a T pose in a black leotard. Oh, and becoming a butterfly, like her arms shorten up into wings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the original sketch actually has her kind of just like standing like she's walking. And then she like kind of leans up and then her arms become like the the instead of the wings, they become like little like spindly legs of a butterfly. Mm. it's kind of I, I like it a bit better, but it is what it is. So. So, yeah, that's it. Really? There's a couple of other like goofs in here, like Uh the human controller using ThoughtSpeak, which they can't do. Uh Karen is called a human morph, which is not true. Jake knows Aftran's name at one point, even though there was no one to tell him that. So there's no way for him to know that.
0: Uh Oops.
1: Yep. Aftran would technically be unable to uphold her side of the deal. As Karen is an involuntary controller, she would have been caged, at which point had Aftran not reinfested her, she either would have been found out or another yerk would have infested Karen in her place, thereby discovering the Animorph secret because Uh. Karen knows thus... That would know. Got so it. even if Karen had become a voluntary controller, knowing that she'd be freed and thus was not caged, she'd be unable to leave the pool without being reinfested first. So mm. yeah, it, because uh, if you remember one of my favorite things that they made up for this, the gleet biofilters <laughs> would have been able to detect that there was not a yerk in her brain. So basically the only way that this really would have worked out is with Aftran abandoning Karen in some sort of way that like did not involve a yerk pool so the chances of aftran being alive are kind of nil
0: oh god
1: kind of maybe there's like some hand wavy stuff that ka was like oh no you know like whatever like the mm-hmm. aftran is fine and you know whatever but let me see i'm trying to think okay but i will say this aftran does return in two other but at least in in one other book so
0: okay okay
1: so there's that
0: interesting okay
1: all right well that is that is those two books so any thoughts mm-hmm. on on what we have uh, on in the trip that we have gone through
0: yeah i mean like per usual it's been a roller coaster but yeah i think this last one like it's just a little different and you know it's pretty common in these sorts of like teens saving the world genre or whatever you want to say of some self sacrifice and, and that. And so it's not surprising, but it, but yeah, that's, it's always like an emotional part of the, the plot when, when somebody like decides to sort of sacrifice themselves for the greater good. And especially in this case, it's like, it's not even like, getting all the yurks to go away or whatever or the Mm -hmm. board to end it's it's literally just to get one to stop just one and so like i can like that's pretty amazing i guess to be that self-sacrificing but also is it or is it stupid i don't know is it beautiful or is it stupid (laughs) i don't know (laughs) or both It's funny how the line
1: between those things blur huh
0: yeah so so, yeah, that just, yeah, that's interesting. And, of course, of of them, Cassie would be the one to do that. Because, like you said, she's the most, like, empathetic and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What a way to sort of end this section, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I know yeah. that next up is kind of what's, com- is a new arc, sort of. So,
1: yeah. And, and it's, and it's. I'll say this, it is an incredibly short arc in comparison to what we just went through, which is the Mm -hmm. first like 19 books and a couple other like things that we didn't talk about. Uh So, so, so with that being said to kind of just give you something to look forward to Mm -hmm. because I've, I've been mentioning that this is like probably the biggest turning point of the series Mm -hmm. at this point. It's one of the biggest Mm -hmm. things that really happens. Right. So book 20 is, is called the discovery. And the tagline on the front of the book says, get ready, there's a brand new anamorph.
0: Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about that.
1: So there is that. All right. And because I love you, (laughs) I'm going to give you this one extra bit. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The trilogy that we are about to go on is called the David Trilogy okay you david (laughs) (laughs) all right so what did y'all think about it listening i would we would love to know you listen to amelia tell us where you can find us (laughs)
0: If you want to let us know your thoughts or anything else, suggestions, comments, questions, you can hit us up at a S W a Y D P O D on Twitter and Instagram. And you can add an at gmail.com to send us an email.
1: Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I didn't make up a theme song for it, but this is Amelia. What the fuck is this? This is the part of the episode where I find something wild and crazy, kids, on the internet, and I show it to Amelia with very little context. The context you get, Amelia, is that there is sound.
0: Okay, let's see. Oh no, what's going to (laughs) happen? Perfect. I have to stop it because I'll just keep laughing if I keep watching it. Sherrick is is doing a doing a dance. He's so excited. I snorted.
1: Love it, love it, love it.
0: Oh, I think I pulled a net muscle in my neck. Oh no. Oh, we old folks. Anyway, Jesus Christ. So there is a dude in what I expect is his garage wearing cowboy boots and cut off jean shorts and a muscle tank slash a t-shirt with the arms cut off (laughs) and cotton eye joe is playing if you don't know what cotton eye joe is then why are you listening to this podcast i don't understand (laughs) the venn diagram of fans and people who know what that song is should overlap somewhere anyway has a bunch of beer cans on the ground that appear to be empty, I would say. And I think his intention was to, like, crush them with his boot to the beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead slips on the first one and falls into the trash cans. <laughs> and, yep, yeah, I, I highly enjoyed that. And... If you need a, if you need a smile or a laugh, this, this should do it. So, um. I'm
1: glad to hear that.
0: Yep. All right. Well, thank you for that. That was, that was great.
1: Yep. So. (laughs)
0: some some rare
1: some rare post context after you've explained it so I've been sitting on that one for a little bit now and my dear friend and uh uh, one time guest of the podcast and hopefully future guest of the podcast Jen Jen is online um was running a you laugh you lose on her channel where if she laughed she would have to spin a wheel that had things such as like take a shot of ranch dressing or Mm. smash an egg on your head or what have you Mm -hmm. and so I went you know what I've got a good arsenal of shit that uh will probably make jen lose and so uh definitely used this one and i was like gee i hope amelia doesn't watch the vod because uh definitely <laughs> still want to use this and that definitely got her i think i got her seven times i got her to laugh seven times oh I think. my
0: gosh yeah i can't imagine not laughing at this like the willpower it would take not to Oh, boy. And no, I did not watch that. So and did not know about it.
1: I think the VOD is is probably gone by this point. But yeah, but I definitely was like, I will I will send all the big guns. And I think she only didn't laugh at like maybe three or four of them. But I was feeling pretty good about it. Your boy was feeling pretty good about it. Gotcha. so that is that you can find amelia at shake meets world on the uh, instagram and the twitter when amelia feels like tweeting and you can <laughs> find me at a black sparrow on twitter twitch and instagram sometimes on tiktok sherrick robinson.com that's where Woo! you can find me you can also get merch there if you want. Eventually, there will be a new design going up there. The Donut Perceive Me merch will be up soon, as well as I'm waiting on this artist to to do this secret shirt that I don't want to talk about until it comes out, because I'm really excited about it. But
0: Ooh, there is mystery.
1: that. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, don't forget
1: the beeper story.
0: <laughs> I'm going to yes. bring it up this time. <laughs> yes. Ask for the beeper story. Well, I guess with that, I've been Amelia. I've been Sherrick. And like, don't
1: trip. Don't trip and like fall in in your backyard because bunnies made a little hole in the ground. Don't do that. That's bad. Make sure you fill that hole back up. Tell those bunnies to get out of your backyard. Stop digging holes. Not a good idea.
0: Oh, but
1: they're so cute. They are so cute. But then they try to break your ankles just because they (laughs) feel like digging holes. (laughs) It's like, hey, bunny, this ain't a basketball court. You're not like the bunny version of Michael Jordan. you ain't going to cross my ankles up. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't happening. (laughs) Bye! Bye!